Streaming live from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com. You guys think this is funny, huh? I'm the skipper now. I got an answer. 50 grand a month. Kick up to Rusty. Every month. All these same fucking guys. Talking about the same fucking scams. Never amount to nothing. Well, that's how I'll know that I've been sent to fucking hell. Joe, give these humps another drink. It's all they're good for. I'll tell you right now, you better start earning or somebody's gonna get clipped. <laughs> start earning. You better start earning, pal. I'm gonna, get I'm gonna clip somebody right over here. You like it with the power one, two, three. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Groove Don. I am Tony C. As always, I am joined live in the studio by the master, the man who makes sure that our groove is satiny smooth. Los Torches. See, hola. Como esta usted? Gramps, master, flash, getting it on. Of course, every Groovathon centers around an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo. To everybody tuning in and downloading here in America, and uh, as I'm finding out increasingly around the world, no, no shit, pal. It's around the world. Never thought that would happen, but hey, it's happening. I had no doubt. Ah, there you go. You like this though in the background right now? David Shire, the oh, the uh, it's the opening from uh, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Shout out to my man Howie. We were talking about this movie. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch this. I watch it, and the opening, the opening music is. Just, I was like, this is great. I got a thing for movie soundtracks these days. I'm, 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 the Calibro 35 got me into that thing. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. How to get? How to snap out of that? You know. I uh, hope everybody's having a great day. Lots of stuff to get to today. You know, a very special shout out. Uh, um, basically, the folks that ensure that I get to say what I want to say and play what I want to play. The troops. Um, I had the pleasure uh, for the second year. As a matter of fact, pleasure, nay, privilege. That's the word I'm looking for. Privilege. Of attending for the second year in a row, the annual uh, barbecue benefit. I think this is the fifth year they did it um, for the Freedom Riders uh, Wounded Warriors of South Florida, which was uh, once again at American Legion Post 36 here in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, Flying Blind plays a couple of the uh, members there, good friends of mine. They're ex military, Kenny Watts and uh, Gary Schmidt. Excuse me, pardon me, pardon me. Colonel Gary Schmidt. All right, so let's just, you know. That's why this guy gets a very wide pass, because you don't get to put a birdie on your lapel unless you've done some serious shit in defense of this nation. Right on. For a while, too. Okay, you know, that, that's a guy who spent some time telling people, you want to you wanna tell Tony he can't do, he can't play what he wants to play? You're going to come through me. And you try and go through him, I, I promise you this, it's going to hurt. <laughs> okay? And that's if you're, if you're unlucky. If you're lucky, you won't feel a thing. <laughs> okay? Uh, let me see what else. Oh, you know what? Cagney's House of Rock had their fifth, or no, their seventh, excuse me, their seventh anniversary. I was there on day one. Big shout out to Mark and Nancy who make sure that if I want to go see live rock and roll on a Friday or Saturday night, I know it's there. All right? Dave, you know, I learned a lot at Cagney's. It got me out of being a music snob. It, it really did. It lowered my musical snobbery. And I began to appreciate much more being able to simply go out, see a good cover band playing good rock and roll, you know, live Excellent. in front of me, you know. 
I know I know if I go there on any Friday or Saturday night, whatever band's playing is going to play a Zeppelin song. As long as they do that, the rest of the evening's got to be good. Yeah. Live Zeppelin, far out, baby. Uh, what else? Well, myself and uh, we got some more stuff to do. What are we going to do? Myself and George are going to probably smack around a few people. Matt Blevin of Kentucky. <laughs> there, there's a man who needs to be smacked around. Don Blankenship, the CEO, ex, excuse me, ex-CEO of Massey Energy. First of all, anybody who's the CEO of an energy company, I don't care. You deserve, whatever, whoever you are, yeah. deserve to be smacked. If you run an energy company, you deserve to have us smack you around. Don Blankenship, more than most. I mean, you kill 29 people and get a year of house arrest. Whoops-a-daisy. Uh, let me see who else is going to get smacked around. Teabaggers, of course. They're all split. Yeah, yeah. Well, they all came in in 2010. Tea and they're like teabaggers. Yeah, they're like, well, geez, we didn't really think it was, you know, kind of wasn't what we were expecting. Uh, what did you think? I know. Sorry, you had to actually do something. God, <laughs> God forbid. Um, and, of course, you know, you and I are definitely going to – I didn't write anything for this because I know you and I are just going to be able to free flow on uh, – the Panamanian banking practices that are still in existence. We get rid of Noriega. That's great. The, the you know the practices that he set up yeah. still exist. Still, and, and that's just Panama. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I know. It's really. It's, we'll, we'll be yeah. we'll be chatting about that. I got a whole bunch of stuff like that. All of that, of course, going to be surrounded by two hours plus of the greatest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. All kinds of fabulous, fabulous groovy tunes for you. You know, I'm going to bring it to you. Just passed. 2 p.m. And the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Hollywood, Florida. That means it's just past 8 o'clock in the morning on the Big Island out in the Kau District. Mahalo, brah. Just past 7 o'clock at night in Western Europe. Yo, you about to kick this off? Ready. Yeah, saddle up and stick around. It's the Groove of Don on SoFloRadio.com.
When the candy blow, you get a face shot like a cameo. Raw your man and leave his ass naked like he D'Angelo. Then I let a pistol dispense you if it's an issue. Over tissue that money and get you clapped quick. Come on. Turn a whip ass widow to a gym class hero with my AR-13. Make him backflip. Come on. I'm a BK felon. I run you down with the weapon. My goonies get moony anytime that I tell them. Dead him. I walk around with stacks in my denim. Whip pass foreign cars. With the gator skin in them. Now I got pretty women all around the world. If I've been in your city, party pound your girl. Had a stretched out. Swimming in the pool with her breast out. Send her back home. Set fire to sex out. Don't touch me, nigga. You might burn yourself. Don't touch me, nigga. You might burn yourself. We got him out of this bitch. Come on. We got him out of this bitch. Motherfuckers, flip mode. When I come up in the club, throwing up a dub, lifting up a snuff, flip mode, beat stars. You know who the fuck we are. Used to be fish scale, now we fuck with caviar. Eating no spring shit. At the round table on some cream shit, like I grew up in Queensbridge. I talk reckless, the whole world know my style is C4 and I'm about to blow. Don't bust no brother with the stick up kids Like shh, take off the watch Shh, take off the watch Shh, take off the watch They said game in the club with a big ass clock Like boom, guess who stepped in the room LAX coming through JFK real soon so don't touch me nigga you might burn yourself. Don't touch me nigga you might burn yourself. We got him out of this bitch We got him out of this bitch Check like Michael Jeffrey, even the referee say I need an SP. I'm bored, just a fraud. I'm a bored with a broad. I go hard in my leather so soft, and I cough in the board of help. Say the board need help. I am so hot the AM just melt all aboard, all aboard. Black card, no fraud. I'm an extension card. I'm a lightning rod. I'm a lion rod. I'm a dinosaur. I'm a sinus minus the nose. I'm a cold. I'm frozen. The temperature rose to five and two O's. That's five hundred degrees for those who know. My fire's higher than the liars. We don't burn rubber. We burn tires. We riders. We ride. We live in the quarter. Rain is a flame that could live in the water. Okay, now let's get it straight. Either you bait or the mate. Either way, you on my plate getting eight after grace. If you taste like bass, snares and tennis, be my dinner. I'm hotter in the winter. Burn like sinners, turn like spinners. I swear I'll put you in the urn by your picture. Poor we ain't playing weed, the baby, he the man. Hotter than the Peter Pan to a wet bare hand. So don't touch me, nigga. You might burn don't touch me, nigga. You might burn Listen, I spot a square dude from a distance Through the tenant, made back curtain and partition Lip tough niggas, I can never fuck with him I'll pass the blunt with him, lift the gun, hit him Bring fire, frizzy hair for press fire You ain't a rider, partner, I'm a crippler Crutch giver, hospitalizer, hottest whip driver Keep on my hip, the biggest life of death decider I ain't a rapper or an activist, I'm badder I used to run from a cracker named Lieutenant Casper No black leather jackets or black berets Since my old days, like a step on a page. 
And none of y'all cop what I cop Forget your excuse if your music ain't hot Where the rings, where the drops, y'all never got holes See you in the club, wrist never on froze Don't touch me, nigga Don't touch me, nigga We got a line in this bitch We got a line in this bitch Here we go Rush, rush, pick me up in the coupe to come bubble This is routine, kid, it ain't nothing new You ring trouble, too, me the untouchable Make me have to bring in the troops like George W I score you something awful when the fall through Will cause the raw to be where you can put a board to Better bring with you your fire extinguisher Listen, I love static and I'm ready to cling to you okay. Kid, I made this from magazine pages To big stages, high wages to all of the different ages Thinking you do it like this is outrageous Yeah, I'm sick with it, but it's not contagious You're hottest thing to me, not a thing Every night my crib is like the bada bing So make sure that your youngest got it right Pains who the Fucking rock stars, party night, like hurt. Don't touch me, nigga. Don't touch me, nigga. We got a line in this bitch. We got a line in this bitch. Here we go. Okay, yes. We are bored. We're all bored now. But has it ever occurred to you, Wally, that the process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks? And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally, but that somebody who's bored is asleep, and somebody who's asleep will not say no? See, I keep meeting these people. I mean... Uh, just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand, and he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. And when I was at Findhorn, I met this extraordinary English tree expert, who had devoted his life to saving trees. Just got back from Washington, lobbying to save the redwoods. He's 84 years old. He always travels with a backpack because he never knows where he's going to be tomorrow. And when I met him at Findhorn, he said to me, where are you from? And I said, New York. He said, ah, New York. Yes, that's a very interesting place. Do you know a lot of New Yorkers who keep talking about the fact that they want to leave but never do? And I said, oh, yes. And he said, why do you think they don't leave? I gave him different banal theories. He said, oh, I don't think it's that way at all. He said... I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp, where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves, and the inmates are the guards, and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison, and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia, where they are both guards and prisoners, and as a result, they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. And then he went into his pocket, and he took out a seed for a tree, and he said... This is a pine tree. He put it in my hand and he said, escape before it's too late. See, actually for two or three years now, Chiquita and I have had this very unpleasant feeling that we really should get out. And we really should feel like Jews in Germany in the late 30s. Get out of here. Of course, the problem is where to go, because it seems quite obvious that the whole world is going in the same direction. See, I think it's quite possible that the 1960s represented the last burst of the human being before he was extinguished, and that this is the beginning of the rest of the future now, that from now on there'll simply be all these robots walking around, feeling nothing, thinking nothing, and there'll be nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being, with feelings and thoughts, and that history and memory are right now being erased, and soon nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet. 
词。
That's how you get it done. Yeah, bad. Yeah, you know, I love that song. What is it? I played the original of that by uh, Tower of Power, and every once in a while, oh, the, the fresh crack of a Diet Coke, huh? I just love that sound. You love that sound. It's a the, wonderful sound. The fresh crack of a Diet Coke. They used to have Diet Pepsi. They you know, did. They don't, I'm really upset about that. <laughs> I'm a Pepsi guy. But that is a band called Bad Bo, B-A-D-B-O-E. I played some, some of their stuff before. It usually likes to open her things. They've got some great backbeat stuff. And I stumbled across this. I swear to God, the name of the label, Good Groove. That is the name of the label. These guys, Good Groove label, go and look up some stuff by these guys. They have, there's a lot of people out there doing some really good stuff um, with, you know, with original stuff and redoing, remixing stuff. There's a really uh, good sample in there. I I couldn't figure it out, and I had to look it up. I was trying, like, what is that song? And I finally looked it up. It's the the Champ by the Mohawks. I finally got it. So I got, they, they stuck that one in there before that. The OJ's. Backstabbers. If I have to tell you anything about that song, don't make me come over there and Please. don't make me embarrass you. Where are you from? Where are you from? Before that, Elvis Costello. I don't want to go to Chelsea from a terrific record. One of my one of my favorites. This year's model. I don't think it's a bad track on that record. I don't, I've, I've heard that record a thousand times. Haven't at at any point wanted to skip a song. Like oh, I'll skip over that. Never happened. For that, a conversation about reality. That is uh, from my dinner with Andre, a film that I saw when it originally came out. And slept through most of it. However. What year was that? God, it's, it's got to be in the 80s, 81, right. 82, somewhere. I was in high school when that came out. I'm pretty sure because I saw it as part of a high school class. <laughs> so, you know, I slept through most of it. But that's a very interesting thing. You know, it got me to thinking about, he's talking about New York. And, you know, get, you know, escape like Jews in Germany, you know, in 36 and whatnot. And, or, you know, and I was thinking to myself, you know, all these people, New York isn't what it used to be um, as far as the randomness of it is concerned. It's, it's not random anymore. It's a whole thing I started writing down about how cell phones have made uh, our appreciation for the beauty of randomness gone. You used to be able, when it would pour rain, like all of a sudden in the middle of the day, everybody would duck under a, uh, a vestibule or duck under a, an awning or in a vestibule. And when that happens, everybody goes under there now and basically starts to look at their cell phone. Back before there were cell phones, everybody ducked under and you had to chat with people. And you would make friends. New York City was the greatest place to make random friends because you would be in a place and nobody, everybody wasn't staring at their goddamn cell phone yeah. all the time. You actually had to interact with people. <laughs> I know. Now we can, you know, th- there's no randomness anymore. No. Uh, we programmed, you know, we already know who we're going to talk to because it's on our freaking phone. Sure. We are talking to them. We are talking yeah, to them. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, so hold on a second. It started raining. I got to go into the awning now. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's 15 people around me, but I'm going to ignore them. What happened in chatting to your, you know, your neighbor? Doesn't happen. Shut up, anymore. Gramps. Shut up. That's your old. I, that's pretty much it. Before that, Busta Rhymes, Don't Touch Me. That is a remix. Yes, I have three different versions of that song. Don't ask why. So 2008, basically, he was coming out with an album that year, or CD, um, and so he put this song out as a teaser and didn't put it on the album. <laughs> so that's always one of those things, kicking it off. Temple of the Dog, pushing forward back their only album. Uh, that came out right before I moved to Arizona. I remember that was big right when I got to Arizona in 91. It was huge. You know, Chris Cornell, rock on, yeah. baby. You know, I, um, some of the things I did, I went to Rockfest. Uh, this rock fest thing, uh, the 80s rock fest. And uh, my brother represents Winger, uh, both as a band and then as the individual members, Kip Winger and Rod Morgenstein for their individual work. And uh, 
Yeah, one of the things I realized you know, yesterday was sibling day. I don't have a single, there's not a single picture of myself and my brother. Is oh, that- I, I don't go into it for that fascist horse shit. My, my siblings know I love them, and now is the pre-designated time to, for you to acknowledge your siblings. Hey, acknowledge this. <laughs> Tell me what to do. I just <laughs> well, he's literally, you know, he's my half brother. He's literally oh. my brother from another mother. Yeah, I have he's a, literally that. I have a half brother I've never spoken to. Well, I happen to like Danny a lot. We we get together from time to time, and he was certain that there was a picture of us, like the last time we were in New York, hanging out with uh, uh, Phil Jackson. That was it. We met Phil Jackson mm-hmm. at the, the. Nope, not there. Not a single picture of us. So, but in any event, he got me in because Winger was playing, along with Rat and uh, Quiet Riot and who else? Slaughter. Mm-hmm. You know, normally you got to. I can't be dragged kicking and screaming at one of these things. However. Um, it was a good chance for me to be able to say thank you to Rob Morgenstein or anything else for all the, you know, he's just been a real, he's just been very generous with me, mm-hmm. um, both with his time and sending me CDs and getting in touch with me about various tours, stuff like that. Well, I didn't realize they were one of the headline acts. I got there at one. They didn't show, you know, they were in Colorado. They flew in from Colorado. And by the time they got there, they, you know, it's 30 minutes ahead of the set, hung out with them for a little while afterwards. But I did get to, you know, spend like the entire show basically Watching Rod Morgenstein, one of my favorite drummers, all time, okay, from, you know, right there. I, mean, I might as well have been the drum tech, okay? Mm-hmm. I got some pictures of that. And right, you know, I had talked to him after the show. We were talking about uh, what just went on this past weekend, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. And Deep Purple was, indu- was inducted. And I think Steve Morse was there. And Rod is one of these, he's a genuinely nice guy. Like, it's probably his downfall somewhere along the line. But he's like a real nice guy. You know, very humble. Because it comes off stage, I was like, dude, I forgot how much of a sick-ass drummer you are. It's like, ah, come on. I'm like, <laughs> you kidding me? The rest of the guys here, they're drummers. You're a musician. or She's a musician that happens to have drums as his primary instrument. He actually right. went to University of Miami for piano. Okay. And the only reason he ended up playing drums is because Steve Morse was in a band and their drummer was sick. Okay. And he asked him to fill in and pff, there you go. Well, P- piano is percussion, technically. Technically, yeah. sure. You're hitting the strings. Yeah. And uh, they, this list came out from Rolling Stone, the top 100 drummers. Now, I got no problem with Joe. You want to put – and they, they, they used the word – where was it? They used – they said they, rock and roll was the rubric of the list. Well, rubric is a guiding uh, – guidance. I, I, a guiding I, system. I, right. I thought it was I, the rhubarb. Of, yeah, I had to look it up. Band. I didn't know what rubric meant. I, I have a rubrics cube, and yeah, I still can't. I know what uh, it meant. I knew out. that the minute I saw that freaking fifty cent word, I was going to be pissed off with the yeah. list. The thing is, is that if you're going to put Buddy Rich at number fifteen, how am I supposed to take the list seriously? How do I take this list? number? Those how harsh, do I harsh critics there? Who's <laughs> how do I take a Buddy Rich is number fifteen? Who's number fourteen? Yeah, and I told I'm talking to to. Uh, the rye about this, and I, he's like, yeah, what the hell's going on? I said, let me tell you something. Between that and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame shenanigans, I said, if I ever run into Yan Wemmer, I'm going to smack him hard. And I mean literally smack him hard. I have never, I have no arrest record for anything that has to do with violence. I think I can get away with, uh, with probation, and it'll be worth it. You know? Rock fans smacks Yan Wemmer. People will be paying. You know how many people will be paying for my legal defense? I know. There's one. You got 20 bucks for that? There you go. go yeah, yeah, if I can send Bernie Sanders money, I'll uh, pitch in for your legal, <laughs> legal you fund, too. What else went on? We had a lot of other stuff that uh, went on this week. Okay, here we go. This guy, Don Blankenship, uh, who was the uh, CEO of a company called Massey 
energy. And this guy um, basically was running the Massey energy when um, – and he's – oh, here's the, here's the thing. This is what really got me. This is why this pissed me off because he is basically from a working-class West Virginia household. That's how he grew up. You know, yeah. the smell of land. That's the first thing I think of from the Lamb Lights on Broadway. Lamb, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. The Silence of the Lambs lies down on Broadway. That's it. There's a Jeopardy <laughs> thing right there. Before and after, that's it. Silence of the Lambs lie down on you – know, you have a whole thing like that. Um, he ended up being, like, super-duper rich running Massey Energy who owned coal mines. And one of those coal mines, unfortunately – let me see. It was the uh, Massey Upper Big Branch Mine. Uh, there was a, you know, uh, an explosion uh, six years ago, and he killed 29 coal miners. And he was not accused of direct responsibility uh, for the deadliest American coal mining accident in like 40 years. And he did get convicted, though, of a misdemeanor. Misdemeanor. And he got a year of house arrest. And my, you know... Probably a nice house. You should be, the judge said there was a, you should be someone that we were able to tout as a West Virginia success story. Uh, judge Berger, uh, who is also, the judge mm-hmm. is the daughter of a coal miner. Okay? So, you know, she, she's basically Sissy Spacek with a robe. And uh, she basically, you know, she, she chastised him. She said, you know, I wish there was more I could do. She said, I wish I could send you away for more. But the DOJ, and I talked about this the other week, they won't bring a case unless they know they can absolutely win it. They didn't think they could, they could get him on, a, on a, you know, all the major felony charges. And so this guy's going to walk with hundreds of millions of dollars. He's now the ex-CEO, of course. He's not yeah, running yeah. the company anymore. You know, that was his punishment. He got fired but got to keep, you know, a nine-figure bank account. Scumbag of the highest order. Scumbag. Here's one. This one. You know we love this shit. This this one, you know, there was Louis Gomert. I I didn't mark this off because I really thought I would be able to remember it. Um, Louis Gomert, a representative, Republican representative from Texas. I this guy has has literally foot and hoof and mouth disease. Okay, hoof and mouth disease. He came out and said he was referring to, uh, I believe Hillary Clinton. Mm. You know, women only know what we allow them to know is what he said. I swear to God. You're not supposed to say that out loud, man. They only know what yeah, we're... There goes the cat. Why? So this guy, Matt Bevan, who is the governor of Kentucky, is suing Planned Parenthood. And the reason he's suing them, of course, is um, they... Before he became governor, the previous governor was a Democrat, and they had approved the paperwork... And what Bevan did was put in a bunch of stuff at the very end about how close they had to be in their tie into a local hospital, something, you know, they had to have an association with a local hospital, and then they had to have certain construction things. Like, they basically made it so it's really, 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 really difficult mm. to set up a Planned Parenthood. And uh, this is basically this is the same asshole who uh, signed the first, first thing he did in office. Okay, he signed the informed consent law. You remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, got to watch the thing. Yeah. I have um, a note from you. This was one of these things. Uh-huh. A state representative, Mary Lou Marzian, filed a new bill in reaction to that, um, calling for restrictions for men to have access who want access to erectile dysfunction drugs such as Viagra, Cialis, and she said there were there were four things 
that a man, four steps that a man would have to follow before he could get Viagra. This is in response to Bevan, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, yeah. He must have two office visits from two on two different calendar days before the healthcare practitioner prescribes a drug for erectile dysfunction. He can only be prescribed the, the drug can only be prescribed to the man if he's married. Mm-hmm. He has to prove that he's married. Mm-hmm. He must produce a signed and dated letter from his current spouse providing consent for the prescription. I love it. I do too. That's a classic sure. baby. Yeah. That's just so good. And he must make a sworn statement on a Bible that he will only use the prescription drug when having sexual relations with his current spouse. Wonderful. I Beautiful. think you know. Or, or he could go online. <laughs> right. right. Or he could. any any Canadian pharmacy, but but you know business. that was her response, and <clears throat> it's wonderful. So Bevan puts this. Uh, he's now you know he basically he ran on a platform of hate. Hate. Yes, yeah. I hate women. I hate women sure. having choices. Sure. I hate people to have choices. God is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Mm-hmm. And by the way, in keeping with the scriptures, go fuck yourself. That's well, he's not. He's not keeping with the scriptures. You but think? That's a, yeah. I'll tell but you all he about said, that. although I am an unapologetically pro-life individual, I recognize and accept that there are some laws in the books that I do not necessarily agree with. Yeah, me and you both. However, we are a nation of laws. I like, yeah, I like the way he like he summons the ghost of Richard Nixon. No one is above the law. No one is below the law. We are a nation of laws, and you must follow. I'm kind of perpendicular to the yeah, law. Yeah, he's, he's you know, perpendicular. He goes, we are a nation of laws, and my job is to ensure that they are followed regardless of my personal opinion. This administration will have no tolerance, no tolerance, I think, for the type of brazen disregard that Planned Parenthood has shown for both the safety of women and the rule of law. Yeah. You piece of... Of shit. You know, every time I want to get uppity and point my finger at somebody else's piece of shit, Governor. I know. Yeah, right when you think mm, you saw that thing with the girl that that, yeah, that bitch yeah, slapped Rick Scott. Yeah. I can't. We can't point our finger at anybody's governor here, right? Like Mississippi. If I had a friend in Mississippi, yeah, and I wanted to say what a piece of shit governor you have, the words would like stick in my throat. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> along comes this guy, Matt Bevin. Yeah, and it makes you think. You know what? He actually he's worse. He's literally what? I, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth It's like they're in a contest to see who can be the biggest asshole slime ball. I swear to God, they're lapping the field. They, those two, they're, they're five yeah. laps up. Them and know. Gomer. North Carolina. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I really, I have friends of mine who are Republican, and yet they are staunch believers in women's, you know, women's right to have rights. I, I don't believe you. It's a true story. No, I, I was hanging with one of them this weekend. I swear really? to God. No, smart girl. Smart gal. Swear yeah, to God. Yeah. Absolutely. Party. God. Yes. 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 That's what I was like. How can you be a member? That's why I said, you want to know why I'm a member of the Democratic Party? Because people in my party don't say the kind of things that Louis Gohmert says. Okay. They're crooks. They're corrupt. They're in bed yeah, with know. a whole bunch of scumbags. But you know what? Both sides of that. Your side, however, also... Yeah. Also, hates women, hates blacks, hates foreigners, hates sure. Mexicans. I don't hate any people of those. People with disabilities, yeah, they, the mentally ill. They like white, yeah, rich yeah. people. Yeah, with no, pro- with, that, with, with no problems. Yeah. And, and 
I just don't get how can you be a member of that party and still say, you know, because they hate black people. That's it. That's all they got. They got bigotry and guns. That's it. Those are their only two selling points anymore. And by the way, that's enough for them. Because all you got to do is campaign. Guns, gays, and guys. Look at Trump. Just stand up there and say, I hate beaners. And that's it. Anything else can come out of your mouth. And I banged your mom to death. Ah, he said he hates beaners. I didn't hear any of the rest of it. You know, they don't care. That's all. That's the binder. I I, I said to some, you know, but I have a friend of mine who posts stuff on uh, Facebook, and he's a uh, staunch conservative. Smart guy, too. I mean, this is a genuinely smart guy. He's oxymorons, man. I know. He's So you know what? He is ideologically. Th- that means his bigotry is so huge. So huge. Now, nah, you know, not with this guy, because he's not like that. He's just not. He's just a staunch <laughs> conservative. He's a pro-gun. You know, uh, me too. You know, don't spend money on things you don't have. But what he likes to do is post. Stuff that's like he knows it's going to be incendiary, puts it on Facebook, and then steps back yes. and watches everybody fight. Yes, so I stopped responding. That's a troll, to, yeah. right? So I stopped responding. Sure. To anything because I I knew this and I was hanging out with him and he told me flat. I was like, yeah, I think it's hilarious. And I was reading through one and there was this girl and she just couldn't, you know. And it's all the stuff in capital letters, you know, Obama's an ass clown, stuff like that. Just you know, don't. what an ass clown! He's an ass clown. Troll bait. And don't, so she made some. Yeah. Bait. And so she made some statement at the end of it. She goes, and you know, that's the way I feel, and I will not be responding to anybody who has anything to say about this. The end. That's what she said. And I was like, whoops. Guess I'm going to have to, you know, somebody's going to have to say something. And I came back it's with a, a snappy it's comment. A you know, you're truly the definition of uh, Mark Twain's adage that it's easy to fool somebody, but very difficult to prove. You know, to convince them that they've been fooled, you know. And I was like, you know, the end. That's. I don't think this is a movie that's going to get picked up by. This is a screenplay that's going to get picked up by Hollywood. Okay, you have to fade out to the end. You didn't do it. And her comeback was, "You're an ass clown. Your father should have worn a condom." And I realized something. That's all she had. Mm-hmm. She didn't have anything else. She no, just didn't it. play at my level of knowledge. She didn't have anything else. Am I? Am I looking down on her? You bet I am. Yeah. Am I Why smarter not? than her? Sure. Yes. Like twice as smart as she is. Right. She didn't have the ammunition. And when I wrote this one paragraph, she knew it. And when she wrote that back, I just stood back and I was like, all right. She doesn't have anything else. That's the best she's got. And move on. And that was it. That was all she had. She yep. had nothing else to offer. Boom. So, you know, Louis Gohmert and Matt Bevan, go fuck yourselves. Seriously. Come on, guys. You're married. How? What do their wives say? These guys are married. They're married. Louis Gohmert literally said a woman's place is in the house. She has one thing to do. Produce children and then care for the house and the child. Have you noticed how many women go to the Trump rallies? How many of these fat, southern, Kentucky fried chicken eating bitches are standing there with their Confederate flag signs? How? Haven't you noticed that? But. There were, there were Jews for Hitler. There were Americans that fought on the side of the British. There were Indians that helped the cavalry round up other Indians. Just can you explain these no, phenomena to me? I cannot. Every, at every conflict in history, that no matter how obvious it ought to be, there are people fighting, indeed fighting for their lives against their own well, best right. interest. I, and it, without exception, at every, in every conflict in history, the French Revolution, there were peasants that fought the other peasants on behalf of the aristocracy who they loved so much. What is going on in people's heads? Gullibility. Explain that to me. They're gullible. They're, they mm. want to believe and they are... Self-hate. They have been so programmed by those self-same people. 
to into that role that they've assigned. You know, Ben Franklin's own son, the governor of New Jersey, yeah. thought it was called his dad a traitor. traitor. Called him a traitor. Yeah, because he was a Tory. Called Ben a traitor. Yeah. One of the greatest men in, in the history, not in American history. I'm talking world, in, in world history. World history. The, the renaissance Franklin. man. What wasn't he capable yeah. of, right? I put him in the top. He's up there with like, you know, Da Vinci and Gutenberg. He's By the in way, my top here, ten here, of the most important and here's people the thing, in, in, in In the grand <laughs> debate between, between religion and science, there's a meme that says the debate was settled the day that churches started installing lightning rods. That happened because of Ben. Yeah. Ben was the one that discovered that that's electricity, and if I put a pole, a metal pole up there, the electricity will go, you know, through the building instead of through the building. And right. and churches started installing lightning rods, and up it was an act of God. That's why in our insurance forms and legal papers, it's called an act, act of, of God. God. They're talking about lightning because up until Ben Franklin, it was to to the majority of the world an act of God, and he proved that it's not that it's a static discharge. And yet, and, proof and, doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All the church, nobody should have gone to church the night. Went to church and saw that weather vane up there. They sort of went, ah, I'm going home. And then I'm a member of the Democratic Party. You know, somebody asked, well, who are you going to vote for? I said, whoever the Democratic Party nominates. Okay, because I'm in a party that believes in science. It's run right. by crooks, but they're yeah. all crooks. They're, At least my crooks believe in science. Mostly on the take instead of completely on the take. Right, you know, that, that's right. Like that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hillary's. I wrote this. I was like, how can, you know, Hillary, baby, honey, sweetie, darling. Right. You can't chastise, okay, Wall Street. You can't chastise these people when it's morally convenient with your hand behind your back taking money. So you you can't do that. By them, it is hypocrisy smothered in bullshit. And you know, my mom, big Hillary sports. She's like, "Well, you you're not really going to vote for Bernie and everything." I was like, "I didn't say I didn't say anything on the phone." Okay. Didn't say anything. It was this is another subject. Kind of that one got slid in. It got slid in. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Where, where's my your mom. loyalty to the tribe, mom? Yeah, right. Yeah, really. Come on. I don't know. Maybe it's you know. Oi, oi, come vain. on, oi, Voltaire. Hillary. In any event, we uh, this one goes out to Matt Bevan and Louis Gomert, who I'm sure play this stuff. This is their this is their theme song. It's a prodigy. Smack my bitch up on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
Sound the jungle. Some beautiful thing. Why don't you give it to your wife? My wife? How am I gonna give it to my wife? I ain't married. You got a girlfriend? Yeah, I got a girlfriend, yeah. So marry her. Hey, you for real? I'm asking you to middle a diamond for me here. Now all I want for my end is eight thousand. What I'm saying to you is you should give it to somebody that don't know any better because that's a fugazi. All right? That's a fugazi? How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. What? It's a fake. But yeah, I know what a fugazi is. Hey, pal. You want to see something? I'm going to show you something. There you go. That's something? That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. But it's not my thing. What about this? What do you want me to say? Go ahead, try and sell it. You want to be a Dunsky? Give it a shot. Dunsky? You call me a Dunsky? You know who you're talking to, my friend? Hey, left. Come on, have a speech. You want to go embarrass yourself with this thing? Let's embarrass myself, baby. My family, my children, my mother can hold her head up in any neighborhood in the city when she walks down the block, see? In all the five boroughs, I'm known. Forget about it. I'm known all over the fucking world. Anybody ask. Anybody about Lefty from Mulberry Street. Huh? You pissing up the wrong fucking tree, my friend. I didn't mean no disrespect. It's a misunderstanding, right? Here you go. All right? Sit down there. <clears throat> well, you, you gonna walk out on me? You don't walk out on me. I walk out on you. Who do you 
groovy rock and roll. We love this shit, don't we? Highly groovy. Highly groovy. We were talking about this, you know, some of their albums. Yeah. That's from Bloodshot. That one going out to my man, Donnie Very, very listenable. Very. You know, you're used to buying albums, you know, for the song that you like, and you hope you find a couple others. And right. Listening to this, I'm like, man, really thoroughly enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's from uh, Jay Giles' band, of course, Give It To Me. From Bloodshot. I was talking, I was saying to you that uh, Full House by those guys in my top ten live rock and roll albums. That's, you know, Live at Phil Maurice, Frampton Comes Alive, Song Remains the Same, Full House. It's on that list. It's that good. It is that good. Before that, <laughs> one of the one of the great songs ever recorded. Gene Knight doing Mr. Big Stuff. That's part of the uh, Stacks. You know, all those Stacks records that came out. I think they recorded that in Mississippi. Something like that. There, there was literally on the I was same- wondering if anything good ever came out of Mississippi. And, well, you know what? There you go. Right? That's, that's the one reason to, to like the state right there. Um, there's a whole bunch. I was reading somewhere this was a while ago, but like the day, within like the same week that that song was recorded, there's like three other songs that are that good that we all know, or recorded in the same week. It's, you know, Stacks Records just put them out, baby. That one's from 1971. Before that, it's the Fugazi. It's a fugazi. What it's I fugazi. Fugazi. So many good scenes in that movie. You want to you wanna be a dumb ski? It does not start Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you got that one from. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Puff the Magic Dragon told me that it started uh, Robert De Niro. Very well done. Before that, this is a really cool song. It's, by a band, it's called The Loser by a band called Black Sugar. And uh, they're actually from Peru. And there was a kind of a thing going on in the early 70s. They were like a little bit late to the party. Mm-hmm. On Garage Cycle Punk. And so what they've got, this is, uh, it's from an album called Black Murder, M-E-R-D-A. The Psycho Funk of Black Murder. And my philosophy is any album with that title, that, that's, you know, got that title, I'm going to at least listen to it for a little while. Okay, I, you know, that title alone says, okay, you win. I'm going to give you a shot. And I did, and that song is on there. And like I said, way too easy to just play that back to back with Beck. Like that's just, but that's that doesn't clear the groove of Don Bar for creativity, and kicking it off, of course, the oh, prodigy smack my bitch up in Fatherland. We were talking about that. The speed skater, that's the speed skating thing. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They use that for speed skating. So we're going to talk about Panama. Let's talk about Panama. The Panama. Papers. The Panama. Let me see your papers. Papers. Um, there are a bunch of articles that are out on this. It's it's this is going to be important stuff because I, I I wrote down literally I have an entire section here, okay, on my notes and it's blank except for one sentence. I wrote down it's going to have uh, more the, the the tentacles of this are going to be far more macro reaching, okay, as far as global is concerned um, than the Edward Snowden stuff because that was really specific to America. Sure, this. Prime Minister yeah. of Iceland, mm, see ya! They're serious in Iceland about that kind of shit. You know, I'll tell you, do you know why they're serious in Iceland about that? Because in the, when the market crashed mm. in 2008, Iceland went down the crapper. Right. Prior to Citibank going over there and convincing them to get involved in derivatives and CDOs, mm. um, uh, CDOs and credit default swaps, okay? They got them, you know, Citibank got them and all this and tanked them. Tanked the country. Tanked the country. Literally, the country was in great shape financially. They had made very conservative investments geared towards long-term growth, mm-hmm. okay? You know, a reasonable rate of return kind of thing. And um, Citibank went over there and tanked them. So now Iceland is the, – the citizenry of Iceland, they literally threw eggs. 
They walked over to the yeah. guy's office and threw eggs at his window, and he had to step down. And just so we're clear on this, okay, this is the opinion of the powerful people in the world because you know what he said? It's not like I did anything wrong. Right. I didn't break any oh. laws. I didn't break any laws. <laughs> These people, and it's like that George Carlin thing that, that belonged to this club. They don't care about you. They don't care about laws. They they do I played believe that, bit, that there are two but, kinds know, of people, us, us and, and them. They believe that, this, that the rules that they themselves have established for us to live by do not apply to them. Their rules do as I say, not as I do. They're above beyond, and they have no conscience, but they do have that disease, that greed disease. It's... Truly horrendous. I mean, the, the greed and power, it's uh, basically there is a company, uh, a law firm, okay, uh, in Panama. And what they did was basically they the Panamanians are like the Swiss. Yes. Okay, in re, as far as secretiveness is concerned. But also, it's legal to launder money. There. There's no money laundering laws right. there. Okay, that's why everybody... Went down and gave their money to Noriega. Yeah. Mm. You know, you watch all these movies at Cocaine Cowboys. We kept our money in the same bank that Noriega and you know, Noriega did. Mm-hmm. It's where, you know, the Ochoas kept their money. Okay. It also happens to be where, you know, the prime minister of England's dad kept his money. It's where the prime minister of, you know, Iceland kept his money. It's where, all you know, and there's an interesting article that says, you won't find a lot of Americans on this list because they don't need it. There's plenty of places to do that shit sure. right here in America. We're doing right. it right here. Yeah. It's illegal. And yet, at the same time, nobody goes after it. And I'm really, sure. really, really hoping, really hoping. It is the kind of thing that gets global outrage going because American outrage doesn't cut it anymore. We've had outrage. We're yeah. outraged about all kinds of shit. And nobody cares. But global outrage, you know, you would think that the crash of 2008, these guys down on Wall and Broad Street, basically fucked up the world. They screwed up the entire world. And yet, somehow, people aren't, you know, coming and taking, burning Jamie, you know, Jamie Diamond in effigy. They're not walking around with, like, you know, sticking pins in Jamie Diamond dolls. I don't understand why we let these people get away with it. And now, you know, Hillary Clinton comes out and, you know, she wants to talk about bad banking practices. You know, this is she. The, the quote was, "She that was the tweet. This is the mm-hmm. one that got me to make me want to just literally my head almost exploded." As a Democrat, you know, there are times I have to like look away from people on my own team so that anybody who looks at me doesn't think that I'm with them just because I happen to wear the same jersey as they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not on that team. Okay. She said, a hedge fund manager makes 25 times as much as a kindergarten teacher. That is un- that is not acceptable. And I was like, mm. it's completely acceptable. You want to know how I know it's acceptable? Because that's the way it is. If it right. wasn't acceptable, <clears throat> we wouldn't accept it. Right. And she tweets this. And I'm like, you realize you tweeted that and then cast a fucking check from Goldman Sachs right. so you can have a campaign. Right. You cannot. That's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy of the highest order. Yep. And I... You know, and I expect it from Republicans. I do. I expect it. That's their M.O. Sure. That is when their M.O. When it comes M. to the family values. Family sure, values. Yeah. I get your fucking family values right here, pal. Seriously. They have no family values. Their values are selfish. It's all, you know, they make it sound as if they're, they're giving and giving and giving. But they're not. They're taking and taking and taking because they want you to be like them. And mm. these guys in Panama, 
um, the offshore bank accounts, shell companies. Um, basically, what happened is somebody went in there, some Edward Snowden type guy went in and said, go fuck yourself and stole 11.5 million documents. Mm-hmm. And they're going to let, you know, you think the, the Hillary Clinton emails are coming out slowly and, and causing a ruckus? They're causing a ruckus because people want them to. I had an argument with a friend of mine. I said, he's like, she obviously did this, you know, Petraeus was put in jail. And I was like, well, she did it. Convict her. Bring mm-hmm. charges. Oh, somebody's somebody's obviously, you know, thwarting that. And I was like, you know what? That's what people say. Yeah. Okay. When they got nothing else. Okay. Here's here's what it comes down to. Either Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. okay, did nothing illegal, or she's too smart, yeah, or you guys are too stupid to catch yeah. her. Yeah. One of those two things is true, because if you were smart enough, or if she had really done it, yeah, you, you think. Republicans don't want that. They they want to just leave it. No, they want to bring that. For, they, trust me, they want to bring it forward. Please look what they did to her husband over a blowjob. I, you know that. Last time I checked, that's not illegal. Yeah, and look, and they had, and they had impeachment over that shit. Yeah. All right, the, she may have actually, you know, committed, you know, treason. Treason. Yeah, so, it's possible. So they're going to chase know what? that. I don't think they're going to chase that to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and you know what? Then they're going to fall right off that flat earth of theirs. Yeah. Yeah, you know they will because there, there's nothing. There's no there there. Uh, people that were named in this leak. Uh, <laughs> let me see. King Solomon of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, guy resigned. Uh, president uh, Marco. So the president of Argentina. Soccer star Lionel Messi. Um, whole bunch of FIFA guys. Did you hear did a lot you of hear FIFA the, guys? The alternate theory. Oh, there's an alternate theory on Panama. You know the people. The people uh, on the ultra left fringe have uh, have advanced the theory based on the people getting busted here that uh, that these are sacrificial lamb decoys that uh, uh, because the 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 powers that be are are seeing what's been going on you know the Arab Spring and this and Bernie Sanders and everything and have allowed this to happen because none of the real big wigs in the world and and and, that, like, and these are big wigs but they're not the real they're, they're not the Illuminati they're, they're not the Rockefellers it's not the Rothschilds let me tell you something about the Rockefellers yeah. all right as bad as they were, mm-hmm. they divested themselves completely of all sure, oil interests. Okay, yes, they yes they did. So you know, but you the know, previous generation were a bunch of greedy. The Illuminati, basically. Yes, you know, because you see, they uh, are the Illuminati. I'm friends with the Facebook, uh, uh, you know, people. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that are all over the place, and they post. So this is one of the. And I, I bothered to read one of the articles that said, "Keep an eye on the list, and keep an eye on the people that go down, and see if anyone of real significance on a global scale." Oh yeah, the scale. Koch brothers aren't going to yeah. be, you know, and you right. know. There's no way you make that Putin, much money and don't Putin, stash it away. Putin, you know, well, like, Putin. It's like it's like they're saying that this this list of uh, of people is very suspect in in that in that you know it's just this one and that one, but no one of real Putin. Uh, yeah. Putin seems pretty important. He, to me. Uh, he don't give a shit. Yeah. That's that's the thing about Putin. Well, he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. He really doesn't. Yeah, no. and that's another reason. Like, yeah, we can expose Putin because he's not going to give a rat's ass. Yeah, I mean, didn't the didn't guy basically just. Poison somebody and you know he, he poisons care. all the fuck. people who are against him. Yeah, fuck! I'll kill you all. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's the god. He's, he's, he's basically Michael Corleone and Godfather. Like the, right? You know when he's talking to uh, yeah. you, you, you uh, to study. See, you study when he when yeah. he's you're gonna kill everybody. He's like, yeah. no, just just my enemies. Just my enemies. Just my enemies. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but every you turn around, eventually everybody's an enemy. You know, you, yeah. you're gonna kill us all. Yeah, he's uh, he's a funny character. He's hard not to like on a, a comic relief standpoint. He really is. You know, there, there are times that Putin really is like that. In any event, keep an eye on his Panama thing because yes. it, it you know, once again, we're like 
We're like dogs with, when a squirrel comes by. Yeah. There's always another squirrel coming by, sure. and we forgot about the last guy. squirrel that was pretty freaking bad. And so, we're, you know, who remembers Edward Snowden? Me. No, you don't. I celebrate his birthday. Yeah, you do. I got a poster in my Yeah, bedroom. but every the rest of the world is, you know, Edward who? You know, how yeah. quickly we forget. And I, you know, there are a lot of things that go on, like this Panama Papers thing. Okay. Well, I'm convinced that as outraged as we should be and as criminal as these things are. I mean, the guy from Iceland had to go down. God bless the Icelandic citizen. I know. I want to I mean, move there. They're, they're, yeah. Fucking cold. Yeah, I would move there too, except that's where Bobby Fischer moved. <laughs> that said, so, what are you, an anti-Semite? <laughs> no, I'm an anti-anti-Semite. Bobby Fischer was a lunatic by the time he died. I mean, dude, I don't know Excuse if you've me. seen any of those documents. Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. mackerel did that you gotta be. You can't be both. Yeah, he, you crazy. can't be genius level anything and normal. It's, it, it occupies the same space in your brain. Oh, well, good. Gives me an excuse then. <laughs> oh, yuck. Yuckety yuck. Hey, we keep the groove going. You know, I, after the uh, 80s rock thing, I just had to go back and start listening to Purity again. Purity. Went back to 60s rock, original stuff, 60s groove, all of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of it in the show today. And uh, this track I actually had picked out for like a show, I don't know, last year at some point, uh, several shows ago. And I never got around to playing it. I never got around to playing it. And I had it in my folder, you know, amongst the 50 songs I was going to choose from for this week. And somebody else uh, put up a thing on uh, Facebook about the, the, the pretty things. You know, about the bass player on the pretty things. Tom Samuel was, you know, know your bass player. I was like, hey, man, I've already got them scheduled for this week. With that having been said, their first 45 came out in 1964. It's called Rosalind. It was covered by David Bowie on pinups. And it came out as a 45 only and then was re-released over and over again on various greatest hits albums. It's the pretty things on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
You think this is some joke, huh? What? You think this is funny, huh? What are you talking about? It's fucking cold. Why is it so cold in here? Hey, Donnie, listen to me, Donnie. I know you know. All right? And I know you know I know you know. Right. Right. The fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about. I'm freezing to my fucking death, Donnie. Yeah. Fucking uh, Greenland in here. You got no knob. Where's the knob? Hey, thank you. You know something? That's a fucking uh, practical joke. That's what that is. It's a joke? Yeah. Where's the joke, Donnie? I don't see the joke. Come on, you know Sonny's sense of humor? Sonny fucking around. You think this is Sonny? Sonny? Sonny did this to me? This is not Sonny Black, my friend. No. This is you, Donnie, you fucking cocksucker. It's you. Hey, whoa, you don't fucking call me that, Left. I'll call you what? Don't you fucking call me cocksucker. 
Cocksucker. I'll call you anything I want. I'll call you cocksucker. Yeah, I'll call you cocksucker. I'll call you motherfucker. Yeah, you're a fucking cocksucker. You calling me a cocksucker? Yeah, you like that? I'm a what? Cocksucker. I'm a cocksucker. You're a cocksucker. Hey, what are you gonna do? You gonna kill me over a fucking draft? Yeah. Let me tell you something. You better fucking kill me. Because you don't kill me tonight, I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna chop you up, and then I'll sneak in here and fucking kill you. Oh, yeah. You don't call me cocksucker. Yeah, go ahead. Cocksucker. Go ahead. Take it back. Kill me. Take it back, Donnie. Fuck you. I'm getting my own room.
that shit is far out. <laughs> there you go. The Golden Dawn, Starvation. They only had one album uh, called Power Plants, banned out of Austin, Texas. That song is just rich. I was telling George, I got this uh, folder and. Like, you know, there's a whole bunch of golden names with golden and the golden dawn, golden toadstools. I played them before. I got a lot of that. So before that, terrific band. Saw them live at Tramps. Another band I saw at Tramps. Small club on 20-something street. I think it's 24th, 5th. Okay. Something I'll like that. Off of uh, 6th Avenue. The Fun Loving Criminals. That is uh, King of New York from uh, their first album, Come Find Yourself. Came out in the uh, mid-90s sometime. And uh, they're a lot of fun. Those guys actually are huge in Europe. Huge. Huge, I say. Huge in Europe. They, uh, you know, in New York, they did well for a little while and then kind of skedaddled. They they really incorporate a lot of different musical genres in their music. Uh, Boy, a little more Donnie Bresco. I know that you know, and I know that you know that I know you know. I'm going to get my own room. I thought that was, you can't call me a cocksucker. Well, you're a cock, will you call me a cocksucker? (laughs) Before that, yeah. This skater, skater track of the week. Skater track of the week. There it is, Shannon. And just for all the grooveteers out there, I just want you to know, I had to use every ounce of restraint not to play the cover girls. I called George. I was like, George, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about playing the cover girls this week. Like, yeah, far out. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I almost played, what was it, uh, Show Me. Skating. Show me, skating show staple. me, you really love. Come on, man. Boop, boop, boop. Man, we love that <laughs> stuff. You've got, look, let me tell you something. All the time. I, you know, you've got way more of that stuff than I do, and I got a shitload of it. Probably. And you've got way more than I do. I got a whole thing. You've got. Freestyle. Just in case, just in case uh, I'm at the roller rink and, and the DJ should, you know, choke on a pretzel or something. Uh, Always. Know. Do we have anyone with a freestyle collection on a thumb drive? I do. Hey. Yeah, right <laughs> here. <laughs> George never goes anywhere That's right. without a freestyle collection. It's my key fob. <laughs> That's it. I played Shannon before. That was like to me. I played uh, Give yeah. Me Tonight. Mm-hmm. She had like three or four. I mean, every like every six months or a year for a couple of years in the eighties, she came out with it with a song that got like the extended play twelve inch was number one for weeks. That got a great beat. Yes, I, I just yes. think it's a groovy thing. Kicking it off, the pretty things. Rosalind from nineteen. Rosalind, excuse me, for nineteen. Rosalind again. Sorry, I was thinking. I was. I had the FBI in my hand. No, Rosalind. Um, that's nineteen sixty four. Their first ever single came out and then it was re-released in uh, a bunch of other times. I think there's an album in 70 or 71 that they actually finally put that track on. So here's one for you. You'll love this. This this part we always love. The uh, Tea Party class, the, the, I read this headline. Tea Party class of 2010 headed for the door. <laughs> At which point I, uh, we, you know, I, I got hard. I, just, I absolutely. I sported wood. Don't leave. Oh, to put soon. But the interesting thing about this was uh, in 2010, uh, that was when, you know, that was right after the black guy got elected to president. Okay. In 2008. So, of course, the very next election cycle, 87 new congressmen were elected on this Tea Party wave. And they came in and basically they accomplished everything they wanted to accomplish. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. They don't come. They don't come to do. They come to undo. Now, as I've said before, I am a Smith. Al Smith is a man near and dear to my heart. Government should be, what, constructive, not destructive. 
at which point he was drummed out of the party. They just spat on him, basically. Yeah, the Catholic, you know, he's yeah. Catholic. <clears throat> Catholic in New York, they hated his guts. And this is the guy, that's what I loved about that one, the people, the, the rumors they spread. When they, they don't like somebody, they spread a rumor, I, I think I said, that, that he was having, planning on having a tunnel built from the White House to the Vatican. And this is back in the 19, you know, this is back in 1928. Yeah. So we had just finished, like, building the Holland Tunnel so we could get trains from New Jersey to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know, and people believed it. So the Tea Partiers are now taking a powder. They've been here for six years. Uh, some great quotes um, that I read from some of these guys. Uh, Representative Scott Rigel, who is a Republican from Virginia, he was a car salesman before being elected as an outsider. He's an outsider. Yeah, by the way, Donald Trump okay, is not an outsider. He's the ultimate insider, you fucking idiots. He's the guy that actually wrote the rules to the game, forced other politicians to play by it and said, well, you know what, now that, I've, now that I've written the rules the way I like them, I'll go play the game. So this is what this guy Scott Rigel said. He said, I think for many of us in my class, the class of 2010, I guess, it truly wasn't on the bucket list of life to be here. <laughs> okay? It wasn't as if I was in junior high saying, I want to become a member of Congress. Well, I'd say we were right on the, at the cusp of when the American political system started to come unhinged. I was like, you know, my first thought was, no, you were the, the catalyst yeah. for the unhinging. You came unhinged. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> made us come unhinged. Um, representative, let me see who's this guy, Representative uh, from Michigan, Dan Beneshek. I've had better jobs than this. <laughs> he says with a chuckle. That's what he says with a chuckle. It's amazing to me how many people are like, Oh, I've got to run for Congress. That's going to be the best. I don't know. I never really felt that way. By the way, he was a surgeon before getting elected. People, none of these people were in politics. Okay. They literally ran on the fuck the nigger, we're coming in. Yeah. You know, put it, say it the way it is. Say it the way it is. I'm sorry. You don't like me using that word? Tufsky Shitsky. It's America. Welcome to America, pal. All right. Actually, I don't really like using that word that much either, but for the purpose of this. Okay, uh, let me see. We've got the Wisconsin representative, Reed Ribble. That's his name, Reed Ribble. Shouldn't this guy be like a pitcher or a porn star? Right. Reed Ribble. Yeah. Com- comic book. Comic book, yeah. You know? Ultra ego. Now, <laughs> coming pinch hitting for Manny Mota, Reed Ribble. Um, this guy, let me see what this guy. Oh, he ran his family's roofing company before being, oh, okay, yeah. before being elected to Congress to the He's retiring to spend more time with his family, and he conceded it would be disingenuous to say I'm not also frustrated with the work here. I don't know. Seems to me like y'all came in, did precisely what you said you were going to do. Turn back the hands of time as far as you freaking could, and that's what they set out to do. Um, He cited, you know, uh, Ribble and his retiring colleagues say they are, for the most part, proud of what Republican-controlled House managed to get done in these past six years. He cited... The making the Bush tax cuts permanent. No restraints on uh, new. Excuse me, new restraints on federal spending. Yeah. Apparently, you guys didn't. You know, let's put some restraints on federal spending after George Bush spends one point two trillion. Yeah. Trillion. Okay, on tax cuts to the rich, a war we didn't need, and a basically a giveaway to pharmaceutical companies. Okay, and you know where he got the money? Oh, that's right. Hold on a second. How come nobody ever talks about this? You know where oh, yeah. he got it? He borrowed it from Social Security. Right. He b- 
borrowed it sure. permanently. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, people are like, you know, Social Security's going to be bankrupt. Yeah, because of you, dickhead. Uh, let me see what else we got to go. These were fairly significant things that we got done while we were here. Some of us are. So, yeah, and he goes, some of us are basically saying, ah, okay, we can go home now. You know, my feelings, you know, thanks for fucking things up and taking a, you know, take, and splitting on us. And a guy right. comes in and throws it, goes to, comes to the party, throws up on your carpet and, take, and leaves without helping you clean up. It's basically what they did. I um, think about these guys. You know, I talked earlier about um, uh, going to the Freedom Riders, Wound Wars, South Florida, and uh, Gary Schmidt, Colonel. Uh, it's the drummer in Flying Blinds, good friend of mine. We are basically at opposite ends of the political spectrum. All right. Okay, the, the, we are literally diametrically opposed when it comes to political ideology. And uh, I finally figured out um, who these politicians, these, these teabaggers are. You ready? I'm ready. You got it. They're like red legs. Front. <laughs> Captain Red Legs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh from uh, the outlaw Josie Wells, mm-hmm. and the scene is where they are. You know, my this is this is where this all came from for me because these guys, these tea partiers, okay, I had to go to the. I didn't have to. I chose to go to a benefit so that I could spend some money and and make sure that some money went to returning veterans. These guys got no problem sending people off to war. Right. They just can't see. You know, a hundred and sixty billion dollars in cost overruns. For the F-35 jet. Yet, they can't find a few dollars to take care of the people. They're going to entrust to fly it. Yeah. Nope. Once they're done flying it, of course. Once they're well, done. Well, the Koch brothers haven't told them to care about that. Well, it's basically it. And they don't really give a shit. It's, it's really, that's the ultimate in hypocrisy. Most of these mm-hmm. guys never said, like, if you've served and then you're in Congress, you want to vote? Okay, I'm going to give you some leeway. You walk the, you know, you walk the walk. The rest of these guys, this fucking roofing guy, mm. doctor guy, car salesman guy. Give me a freaking break over here. <laughs> Dr. Car Salesman. Dr. Car Salesman <laughs> roofing man. What's the difference? All those jobs are interchangeable when it comes to Congress. I'm a, I'm a conservative. Oh, it's good enough yeah. for me. Have a, take a seat. Take an oath. Take I know a, roofing, so. Take a seat. Take an oath. And um, so they're like the guy from Josie Wells because that scene where they're going across in the ferry mm-hmm. and uh, – What's I can't remember the name of the guy. He goes, I advise you to turn back. And Red Lake goes, oh, come on. He's just going to try and pick us off one at a time. We'll never be able to accomplish it. Maybe he'll get two or three in the front row. Yeah. Two or three up front. Yeah. That's that. That's the level of caring. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's the level of caring right there. You like that one? I nailed it right now. I'm sure I nailed it. I wrote this down. I literally wrote this like today, like sitting here. Like, I got it. That's it. That's who he is. That's who he is. Ah, they'll get two or three up front. Up front. Yeah. And they, I love, there's a, and they cut to the guy. I know. They're like up in front. They're like, oh, what? shit. Yeah. Hey. Right? That's, that's, basically who, that's basically who Congress is when it comes mm-hmm. to the troops. They're red legs. Mm-hmm. Let's just go after whatever it is that suits on you. It's going to get me another bag of gold, mm-hmm. another, bag yeah. of, another bag of shells. Listen. And once those guys come back, how is it possible that you can think these are, you know, because when I was there, Okay, there was a uh, company of active duty Marines that were there. These mm-hmm. are kids. They, you know, I'm 52. Yeah. So now I can say this. I remember people used to talk about kids. And I was like, wow, you know, it's kind of my age. Not anymore. They're kids to me. They're 18, they're 19, they're 20. And look, I don't want to screw with them because they hit me so hard they'd kill my whole fucking family. They're Marines. 
Okay? They go, they kill, they come home. Yeah. That's what, you know, and God bless them for it. Okay? Because I don't have the yabos to do that. And Right. And I don't have a, you know, my problem is with the politicians who tell them where to go. Sure. Not with these guys. Wasting their lives. Uh, But I've been saying this on my show. Well, I don't. Whoa, 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 whoa. Squandering. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not wasting their lives. Okay? Because. Squandering. I, perhaps. But you know what? For them, okay, this is about allegiance to a country. It is about that kind of thing. And you know what? They don't get to, you know, they're doing it for all the Uh, right Reasons. They're doing it for all the right reasons, but the reason that they're being sent is not the right reason. Absolutely, I, I would rather if they ha- if they if they're going to be making a sacrifice, it, it ought to be over something that ought to happen, not this not this MacGuffin, not this thing. We've got people who have their hand on a crank that that if they crank it, American lives. It's like this big meat grinder. Right. You feed Americans, you may you feed Americans into the meat grinder and money comes out the other end for them. And the people that have their hand on the crank crank that regardless of the exchange rate. One American life gives me thirty three cents. Well I guess I need to just crank it more. These are the people that are in charge of the handle and that's right. what gets me. That's why I, I call it it's a waste because because it's like you as, think as about opposed to these, the other, what these great kids could be doing. These what they could be kids, sure. all, all yeah, they could have been. They any, are snappily the, the dressed, future, walking the fast. future, the future that they have being being you know robbed of them. It's it's, it's well. It's, my feeling on this is that if you um you know it, it, basically what I thought about was the fact that Gary and a lot of the people that I met there are basically if you know. If they hear what I have to say, they're going to be like, God, he's out of his fucking disguise. Okay, it's the opening of the seventh circle of hell. But I'll tell yeah, you something. Yeah. I'll tell you something. These are the guys that will stand there and say, I think he's out of his mind. But if you're telling me he can't say what he wants to say, you're coming through me and it's going right. to fucking hurt, pal. It's going to hurt. And I respect that. I respect that as much as anything can be respected. It's one of these great things, you know, you can talk about making America great again. But you have to be willing to stand up for the person that thinks you're wrong. Because that is really what makes America great. That we have a variety, we have a political spectrum on which I can stand anywhere I choose. I also told Gary, I was like, okay, here's the rule. We don't talk about this in person. We do it on Facebook. That's our rule. We we don't do it in person. We get together in person. It's fun. It's great. It's the troops. It's this. We argue on Facebook. So that's, that's you know, we've got it down like that. Because he is literally the other end of the spectrum for me. But if you're, you know, he's retired now. But I guarantee you, 100%, somebody came over and said, he's not allowed to do that anymore. Gary would be the first one to blow their head off. He wouldn't even think twice about well, standing what, that post. That's what Donald said. stand guard right outside this station. Mm-hmm. Okay, and defend my right to piss him off. Well, he'd be defending it against Trump supporters because that's what he wants to do: is be able to sue reporters, commentators, and TV people that insult him. He yes, said he said as much. So crying shame, that kind of thing. I think it's despicable mm-hmm. that we need to have wounded warriors. How right. is it possible that we can't find the money for that? But we've got money for the senator so and so off ramp, which goes to mm-hmm. the congressman so and so casino. Right, we got that money. But we can't take care of the people that defend us. And, you know, you can say what you want about what, what the, the purpose behind them going someplace is. You, you know, once you send them there, you are 
obligated, right. obligated. We owe them. They come back with nerve damage, a blown off limb. We owe How them is the it, you best th- cybernetics. You can't send a 20-year-old kid off to war and think he's and, not coming amen. back changed. Right, right. Physically, mentally, all Physically, of it. Physically, mentally, and whatever it fucking takes. Yep. Pony yep. up, baby. Yep. Pony up the ducats. Well, like Bernie, that's another thing. Nobody's been more in favor. Nobody's written more pro-veteran bills and advanced more ve- pro-veteran bills than Bernie. Good. That's my man right there. There he is. Yeah, because he wants to send him to less places and make sure that when he does have to, they're going to get what they deserve when he, they come back. He's on the record. Proper There's treatment. a montage of Bernie speaking in Congress on behalf of veterans. God bless. You know who there isn't a montage of speaking at that? Every fucking Everybody teabagger. Else. Every oh, yeah. tea bag member. Uh, uh, right. You know, every one of them. They f- somehow found $160 billion in cost overruns for the F-35 jet project. Mm-hmm. $160 billion. That's just the cost overruns. That's just the extra that they didn't foresee. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that number's increasing. It's like our national debt. Hey, that number's going to keep going up. The project's not done. It's a 40-year project. It's just going to keep right. going up and up and up because we pay. As a government, because, you know, they got us by the short hairs now. Oh, we'll just, right. you know, for the for, for congressmen, okay, the F-35 jet project, is it's a jobs bill. We don't need half this shit. But because one particular thing is made in their district and it's, you know, 150 jobs, we're in. Let's spend money. Let's screw over the people that really look after yeah. the country. So... Don't badmouth the vets in front of me. You want to badmouth politicians? Hey, man, I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with you. But you badmouth the vets in front of me, and I ain't a tough guy. But you know what's cool? If I get the first punch in, I know I've got a whole bunch of people who've got my back. You've got a great deal of zeal. And I've got a whole bunch of people who've got my back. You know know who they are? Veterans. Damn skippy. (laughs) That's right. They're veterans. And you want to take on these guys? Because I don't. There's no possible way I want to take these guys on because they really do have the yabos. I don't. And I am grateful. Every day I come into this studio, I am reminded, okay, that I can say anything I want. And they are a large, large reason for it. And, you know, we were talking about, the, you know, the greatest generation. I just met 20 Marines mm-hmm. that are the greatest generation. Every generation in America is the greatest generation, you punk. All of you. Every generation is the greatest generation in America. We can get greater. It's people that fool us into believing we're not great. Who tell us. You know, shysters out there. There's a lot of them. All right. Got that. That's the bad news. Here's some good news. You ready? Because it's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. The troops and Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. I have said since day one, it's the place where people who love their cars take their cars. You want evidence of that? Yeah, baby. The 71 custom Chevelle that I was talking about, that he was, I was kept talking about the Chevelle he had in there, it just sold at Barrett Jackson for 70, over $70,000. And I watched the video of the sale. And these guys, you know, Craig Mignanti, uh, Steve Mignanti, and uh, uh, Rick DeBrule, um, these are the guys that do like commentating for uh for Barrett Jackson. These guys are gearheads. They like know the difference between the the rear lights on a sixty three versus a sixty four vet. I was like, there's a difference? He's like, Yeah, hey, see this little thing right here? That's it. The only he knows it. These guys know everything. They were going on and on and on about the car. Four fifty four. Big block. Look beautiful. This is 
work of, you know, this is craftsmanship. Then they went to the interior, and they're like, this is the great. They literally said it may be one of the greatest interiors they've ever seen. It was a two-tone. And the red mm-hmm. paint job with the beige on the inside. Ah, Lord have mercy. Just beautiful stuff. David Carey, shout out. Big shout out to David Carey on that one. That's a car. And it was convertible, too. Oh, 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 after my own heart. 954-247-9362. Like I said, it really is the place where people who you know, love their cars take their cars. And now, brand new place, bigger shop. It is off Atlantic. It's off uh, 95 in Atlantic. It's very close. The new address, new directions, go right to the SoFloRadio.com website. Click on the Tony C's Groovathon box. You will see a list of every show I've done, a list of every song in every show. And at the very top of that list, you will see a link for Precision Auto Works. It gives you all the directions and everything you do bumper to bumper. If you need it done, Dave is your man. I met a guy, Ponu Gas Station. Just this happened just this week. Ponu Gas Station, sitting there. There's a guy, and he's got a Trans Am. Like a 2000, whatever, 2001. And I was, you know, and it was, and it was, you know, I think it was the 6.2, 6.3 liters, you know, that big ass with the hoods, the whole thing. And I was like, wow, nice car. He said, yeah, I'm having a hard time finding parts for it, unfortunately. I said, hold on a second, get your phone out. He's like, really, this guy find parts? He doesn't have to find parts. You tell him what it is. If he can't find it, he'll make it. He's a tool and die. He, he, he lives for that shit. He's like, Mwah. It doesn't exist yet. Now, Dave, 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 you know, a week later, it does exist. Why? Dave made it. Awesome. Yeah. Now, I bring my Honda there because when I see the cars, the the Chevy Nomad, that's what he had up on the lift the other day, a 55 Chevy Nomad. I mean, when I see a car like that or a car like the 71 Chevelle, I know that this is a guy who's handling his business when it comes to cars. You know what that means, of course? Time for the Drive Groove of the Day. I've got some shredding for you. Got it. Got some shredding. Got all kinds of stuff in here. I'll tell you, I can't get enough. You know, shredding Steve's? Sure. Right. I got more. We kick it off with Steve Stevens on the Drive Groove on SoFloRadio.com.
play, that's for damn sure. Joe Bonamasso, I know where I belong. That was originally on the A New Day Yesterday uh, from 2000. He's one of these guys, he keeps re-releasing stuff, and they don't give it away for free. He literally goes on to Facebook, and he'll give you an entire... You know, just log on here, get the entire CD for free. He makes his money touring. That's where every... You know, that's now where everybody makes where, their money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Because of, uh, you know, assholes downloading music for free. And yeah, those goddamn yeah. bastards. Yeah. Yeah, if it's on the internet, it's mine. Well, pretty much. If you don't want me to have it, don't put it on the internet. It's as simple as that. Yeah, okay. All right? It all belongs to me. It's out there. I I don't feel bad. I I bought so much music in my life. I I bought... And we go to shows, and that's the whole thing. Because remember the BASF lawsuit, and they were... The music industry was suing the Memorex and and Maxell and BASF because they said that nobody buys these cassettes to record their grandchildren. They're making copies of our music, and we want our cut. Right. And and they came back with a statistic saying, yeah, the people that that are buying these cassettes that that you want to gouge now are the people that go to all your concerts and buy all your records and uh, i spent you know, so. plenty of money i do not feel bad you know and i'll tell you yeah. something i still buy if it's like a new band and stuff like mm-hmm. that but like all this old stuff i buy a lot of music yeah i still and yeah we, I, we I, I still it. buy a lot of music and we promote it and that's right yeah. we promote it and i go to a lot of shows sure. i go all that stuff and i've been and, and promote it and we put the pictures up it's like we are the the driving force of the industry. Yeah, so I remember when Sony didn't want to uh, bring out uh, blank CDs. They, I remember, right? They, they didn't, they, they wouldn't matter. release it because they had controlled both the CD makers and the, the CD machines matter. and the actual CD mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, in any event, before that, Rick Derringer, rock and roll of the highest order, doing one of the greatest songs ever. Walking the dog. You know how I know it's one of the how greatest. Do you songs? Know? I'm going to tell you how I know <laughs> because there, are, I've got. Sir, I told you, I said I have at least six different versions of this song. Okay, probably many more. It has been done by everybody. Stones, Aerosmith, the Sonics, the Pirates, ev- up and down the line. Okay, that's Rick Derringer's version from 75. What did he do that on? It was on uh, Spring Fever, is the name okay. of the album. Um, that song was originally written by one of the coolest cats ever, Rufus Thomas. Okay, who did... I played him before. He did itching and scratching. I'm itching. I'm scratching. He did walking a dog. And I swear to God, I've heard that song. I remember going to shows. I saw Springsteen. I think he did walking the dog. He either did that or just like a bunch of songs, man. Like that and uh, drinking wine, Spodioti, um, Peter Gunn, all these songs. Yeah. You know, songs, just all that. You know, walking the dog. Everybody's like, there, there isn't a bad version of it out there, is my point. That's how great the song is. It's been recorded by like 30 different people, and every single version's great. They're all good. Kicking it off, Steve Stevens, a shredder galore from Memory Crash. That actually was a song, Memory Crash. Um, that album came out a couple years ago. Great stuff there, Steve Stevens. I had a personal experience with him, which I'm not going to relate. Suffice to say, it takes place at Danceteria, 30 West 21st Street. And- Back in those days when you threw up off the roof, it wasn't because of the food. So we move on. <laughs> Before I split, you know, it has been now a year for our show. Well, happy anniversary. What do you think of them apples, huh, baby? April the 14th like was my – I know. I know. And I cannot do this show without you anymore. I literally – and today was a perfect example because I walked in. Not feel, I've got this thing in my eye. Yeah, not feeling good. Right off the bat, a beam. First thing <laughs> I say to George is, "Look, I'm just telling you right now, my level of douchebaggery today is going to be very high on the scale. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to carry me today." 
No problem. You know, right? yeah. That's right. Nah, you got nothing. You got nothing. Got nothing it. I hadn't seen right. before. Well, now now you've explained Leave to me what it, what it really takes to kind of fuck <laughs> the cookies in a studio. Unless yeah. you're passed out on the floor bleeding. That when a needle stuck in your arm. That. If you're going to get into broadcasting, do take that uh, <laughs> paramedic uh, CPR course. <laughs> Why? Just, just trust me. Trust me. You want to keep? It'll come up. <laughs> you want to keep one of those? What I don't. Narc, Narcon or whatever it's called. Yeah, that yeah. Revive people who've Narc, OD'd. Sure. You want, to, you want to keep a few of those things in the freezer. So <laughs> I have been doing this though for a year, and this is show number. I don't know what show is this. I don't know. Forty-one. We'll yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. There it is. It's right there. Forty-one shows. And I'm, Flew by. St- I'm just starting to kind of figure this out. <laughs> that's, that's about right. It takes that's, a year to get into the groove. To get into it. the groove. I am just starting to figure this out. But I'll tell you something. You, you, nah. the Gramps master nah. over here, the Gramps master, the man who ensures that our groove is satiny smooth. <laughs> okay? It's a pleasure. I live to serve. Hey, man. And served you have very, very well. So as I said with my year-ending show, you know, you're up there on that list of gratitude things because I can't do it without you, pal. Cannot do it without you. Can't imagine it's anybody else sitting in that chair that, you know. That's, I wouldn't that's understand like, what the hell you're talking about, the music or the other shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As long as I don't talk about sports, you're fine. Yes. Sports is the yeah, one thing you're like, darn it. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. When I did my very first show on April the 14th, the Mets had won three consecutive right. games. When I came back and did my excited. second show on the mm-hmm. 21st, they had still they did yet yes. to lose a game. They were on in the middle of an eleven game winning streak. You were very excited. I called me. I know. Remember, I was yeah. I was excited. This mm-hmm. is great stuff. And where did they wind up? Yeah, in the World Series, motherfuckers. So congratulations. How you like that? And I called my friend Paul, a big Mets fan, uh, telling him all this. He's like, "Hey, all right, let's take that." You know, because he was playing some gig. He's like, "Hey, by the way, how the Mets doing?" I'm looking up on the computer. He's a couple. Of, he's only driving home from his gig, whatever. And got a little uh, tip from him. Guess what? The Ian Hunter, brand new Ian Hunter stuff. Going to be coming out soon. Studio work has already begun. He's He literally went in, got his stuff done, and he's, he's a pro. This guy's a pro. 12 tracks, four days. Th- three days, excuse me. Four tracks a day, three straight days. A, yeah, me and Steve Holly just went in there and banged it right out, baby. He's like, now, he's like, yeah, it took us four days to do that. It's going to take us six months to do the tour. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we start, We go to L.A. for a week, Japan for a week, then we come home. Because Ian Hunter's now like in his 70s, so he won't go on tour for like two months. He goes, couple of weeks, comes home. Then goes out for, he's like, yeah, then we come home. Then we go, we're doing the Northeast, and then we're doing this. Then we come home. Then we're going to go to England for a little while. Then we come home. He's like, he's like, I love it. He's like, I'm never going for more than two weeks. He's like, all these other guys, they have to go on a tour. they got to bring their families. He's like, forget it. Stay home. My family, he's like, my family looks forward to me. Get, get, you know, it's like if I'm in the house for too long, if I'm not on tour, if I'm not playing gigs, get out. Please go to Japan and play. I beg of you. They're on the phone. Ian was a fairly, can be a bit of a grumpy. Please take my husband. Take him on tour. <laughs> so those guys are going to be going out on tour. Paul's got gigs. If it's a Friday or Saturday during the summer, he's got a gig somewhere. These guys totally in demand. So we had fun with our Mets thing. I showed him my Mets shirt. And now there's a great Mets Bernie shirt. Got a Mets logo with the Bernie hair on it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I think that that might have to. I might. I allow myself one piece of Mets merchandise per year. I purchased one. Our last year it was the one with the Rolling Stones tongue on it. Great shirt. Fabulous mm-hmm. shirt. Love this shirt. I think this year maybe the Bernie shirt. I may have to feel the burn of the mighty Metropolitans. So 
I point all this out um, because, you know, it's been a year, and I never thought I'd make it a year. Hey. Didn't think I'd last Surprise. this long. I didn't think I'd last this long. Didn't, And I'm still really, really enjoying it. Good. You know, even when I don't feel 100% like today, I'm psyched to be here, man. Good. You know, Good. I get to, get to play music and talk about shit. Yeah. There's a permanent record. I get to spend some time with my man, the master, Los Georges. Well, I had a bunch of other tracks. We're going to kick them off the next to uh, the next uh, show over there. I had bounced this Bob Marley song back like three separate shows now. It just keeps getting bounced and bounced. Next, got next week, Easy right. Skanking from the album Kaya. I'll call you on it. Easy Skanking, Skanking It Easy. Yeah, I, love that. I love that album. He's got a lot of songs about pot. Mm. That album is completely about pot. The whole thing. I know most of his other albums are only about sixty percent, sixty seventy right. percent about pie, and then the rest of it is about injustice. <laughs> okay, this one forget the injustice. I'm just going to sing about Kaya now. I need to have there Kaya now. <laughs> I know you've been there, pal. I know you've been there. I know you sympathize. Indeed. In any event, glad I could do it. It's going to come back in two weeks. Do the exact same thing again. Try and do it a little bit better. Hopefully, a lot better. I have been a little bit under the weather. But, you know, we banged it out, baby. Yeah. That's yep. why I need you here. Bang. I need you here because I know, no matter how bad I am, yep. you're for, great. For so immoral support. That's it, baby. Moral, intellectual, musical, all that stuff as usual. You know what we're finishing it off with? Love this song. The Temptations. Once again, if you don't like The Temptations, you're probably not a really good friend of mine. I was a teaser. Yeah. You're probably <laughs> not a very good friend of mine. You really aren't. You have to like The Temptations. You have to. Okay, I was fortunate enough to actually to meet um, yeah. uh, David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks uh, at the China Club in New York, the original one on the Beacon. Got to meet. I had a friend of mine who was a model for Levi's, like the five hundred one campaign. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, man!" Calls me up one day. Goes, "Hey, come on over here right now. I'm sitting at a table with the Temptations." I went, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, really. Come on over." Obviously, I'm there in ten minutes, and sure as the sun rises in the east, there's there's fucking Bobby Rainbow. Sitting at a table with David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks. I was like, holy shit. Lucky man. I, that's one of those days. I was like, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> Your drinks are on me. And uh, this is one. This one is uh, Psychedelic Shack from the album Psychedelic Shack. And, of course, we don't play the radio edit here. No. So you kick that okay. off right now with the door. Hit me with the door, baby. You want to do that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Can you hear it? I hear it. I hear it. As always, for myself and the master, George over here, it is... Aloha. Peace. Good night, man. Hold, hold it. Listen.
You are listening to SoFloRadio.com.